This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. It's time for football. Salah. Let's take Cancelo off. Brilliant from Mo Salah. And still, Salah. Oh, sensational. Absolutely sensational. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Hello and welcome to Just for Kicks with myself, Cam Ruslan. And you heard just now a bit of commentary about Mohamed Salah. And we've got two people in our room today who might be in tears at the end of today. Uh, because we have Des Fabrizio Romano Corkill. It's only football. It's only football. <laughs> uh, nobody will be in tears, that. but yeah. it's no, it's only football. But Salah is going to dominate some of the th- conversation. But there's a lot more going on. Football that... isn't just about money, Cam. I think I might have said that to you in the past. Uh, okay, moving swiftly along. And uh, we have also uh, Azran Fabrizio Bin Romano <laughs> Rosane. I'm happy to be here, especially with Des, so that we can talk about Liverpool and KL for the next hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> is that what I promised you? I lied. Um, so uh, we've got uh, this is an unusual kind of League Cup lineup experimentation, and uh, so much happening. We've got uh, transfers, we have European competitions going on, a plenty, Premier League, and Malaysian football as well. So we're going to start with the transfer news, and Des, I'll go to you. Well, there have been some fabulous transfers. I think Man City come out really looking of roses in this transfer window. Doku and Nunes to add to their already formidable lineup. Um, I wondered how, how they were going to replace the players that they lost. Um, they've also got 45 million for Cole Palmer, a kid from Chelsea who continues to spend ridiculous sums of money. The money is immoral. I've got to say that, and then I'll talk about it. But um, uh, some some of the the work that's been done is excellent. Reguilon on loan to Manchester United that solves their left back problem. Kudos uh, to West. Ham from Ajax. I think that's a, a brilliant signing. And even Everton have got a centre forward who scored a goal the other night. Oh. Beto. Oh my God. Uh, yeah, a big six foot. And he's already a bit of a cult at, uh, at um, Goodison Park. But obviously, everything is surrounding uh, the Mohamed Salah. £150 million. Pounds. And this is news just breaking now. Isn't well, it? It, it, it's today's news, but um, from Al Etihad, who are a team I've commentated on many times in uh, AFC Champions League days, but they're offering £150 million. Pounds. Morality has gone. Uh, OK, um, Azran, any, what, which one of those catches your eye as being a, a good buy? Like, like the usual thing is, who won the transfer window? Wow. Um, first and foremost, I would agree with Des in the sense that the thing about Manchester City is they've got such a solid squad and they can choose and pick who they want to buy and further develop. So the likes of uh, Doku and Nunez. Again, Matthews Nunez was linked to Liverpool last year, but um, I think Liverpool has made a couple of good attacking signings as well. Uh, if, again, what we hear is, Ryan Giroud Gravenberch has already has landed in Liverpool. If that signing goes through, everything all the medical goes through and everything else, I think it's a good midfield revolution for Liverpool. So it's a decent transfer window for Liverpool. But again, as a Liverpool fan, I'll be very concerned with Mohamed Salah leaving, especially with the fact that the Saudi transfer window ends a week after the European transfer window. So we can't rest until that sort of dies down. Can, can I? Can I? Des, can I take? Take the morality out of it, okay? Is this though? We were talking about 150 million by a bad, brand new player on the scene, Saudi Arabia. Is it a financial house of cards that's being built here? 
uh, in, in Saudi Arabia? Well, I mean, for just football. Well, they've, they've got the money to play with. Uh, that, the Premier League can't complain about uh, money being thrown uh, thrown at them because Premier League have been doing that for years, for generations. So um, if, if I'm Liverpool, I bite uh, Al-Hitihad's hands off for 150 million. Okay, but million. what about Chelsea, though? Chelsea's... I can't work Chelsea out. They've spent a billion pounds. Yeah, so... Under, Financially, under Bowley. What does that mean? It's a house of cards, absolutely. It is, it's got to be a house of cards. Or it's, they've, uh, there's more American money, money coming in. So um, the, the, the Saudis have got the money to burn. They're using sport as the, the gateway to their new world. That's clear. So they're, they're on the front pages for sport. For not any bad reasons, they're on the front pages for sport. As for Chelsea, I'm just looking at the number of American owners in the, in the English league now, and I'm thinking these guys are looking for the Super League still. They, they want to get rid of relegation. They want to make it like the United mm. States where it's a franchise. Yeah. And I can only think that that is what it is because Todd Bowley, by, I understand, reckons that the Premier League is massively undervalued. Undervalued. You look at the NBA and the many millions that may make, many billions they make, and the Premier League, he says, is undervalued. And that's, I reckon, his long-term goal. But isn't that quite un-American? Because if you look at the other American owners, they're quite frugal with their pockets. Maybe I'll be a conspiracy theorist here. Perhaps um, the former oligarch left a bit of money in Chelsea's bank. I'd, 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 to add conspiracy theory, I'm looking at... Uh, look at the two teams who are being raided by Saudi Arabia. They're Newcastle's main rivals. And Newcastle haven't yeah. been affected. So I'm, I'm wondering if there's some geopolitics going on in the world of football. And uh, it, it, it's all very moral. But it's a game of football. You asked who won the transfer window. The team who gets most points at the end of the year is the team who wins the transfer window. Mm. Because you can ju- just look at what happened to Ju- uh, Julian Timber, the uh, Arsenal player. He got injured in his first game. So a player could sign for 150 million. No Salah's got got a, a, a brilliant uh, record. He could be injured in his first game. Mm. Uh, it's it's, it's a, a squad game. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Uh, w- if there's any more breaking news as we go along, we will be keeping you informed. Meanwhile, though, we're going to just kind of dive into. Um, okay, the League Cup. It's a thing, Des. I want. I want, I want to impress upon you the importance of the League Cup. I love the League Cup. You know that. <laughs> the English Football League Cup, EFL Cup. EFL Cup. Uh, first round. Tottenham got kicked out because, well, Ange. Love seems to have turned a corner at Tottenham because the fans are saying, why Why didn't you uh, put in a full-strength team? I think nine changes. Uh, he, he's not taking it seriously and uh, he's out. I think he... You, it's a long season. It's nine months in. It's a long season. Uh, Tottenham went out, Leeds went out, Sheffield United went out, but Tottenham going out was the big one. Against Fulham, Fulham aren't bad. Fulham have got a, a fair yeah. chunk of money as well. It was on penalties. But yes, uh, as, as I say, the, the transfer window is won by those who win the games of football. That's what you're meant to do in football. OK, well, we're rapidly running out of time, so I'm going to go through the uh, Europa Conference and Europa League and even the Champions League very quickly by saying... A lot of goals were scored against Scottish clubs. Indeed. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Uh, and we're going to come back in a moment and we'll dive straight into the Premier League here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Uh, we're, and we're back. Apparently we're back <laughs> faster than I thought we would be. And uh, we're going to jump into the Premier League. But as we go through the upcoming matches over the weekend, we're also going to talk about the Champions League draw that's come out. Uh, so 
Arsenal versus Man United is the first matchup that we're going to talk about. It's not actually the one that I'm looking forward to the most. It should be lip-smacking on paper. Doesn't quite grip me, but Asran, you're going to be looking forward to this one? In a way. In a way. I mean, Uh, this is challenges for the league. I don't think they are, but what do you think? I think it's, uh, honestly speaking, it'll be challenges to the top four slots. Uh, It's a battle between, I would say... English Premier League royalty, uh, and these games usually come with a lot of goals. Uh, either way, uh, so Arsenal versus United—it's always, it's always something exciting happening. Uh, and for Arsenal, unfortunately, after a bit of a stuttering start, uh, they do need to get back to winning ways, especially at home. And United hasn't hasn't looked convincing at all. So it's a good opportunity for Arsenal, I would imagine, um, to get back into track. To win, to win and prove that they are the challengers to Man City. Two wins and a draw. Is that a stuttering start? Uh, that's uh, exactly what I was going <laughs> to say, Azran. I mean, I, your generation, you seem to think every game has got to be won. It, it hasn't. Well, the Manchester City are turning it into that, aren't they? But um, Arsenal Man U will be there or thereabouts. I, I predicted at the start of the season, Arsenal as genuine championship contenders. Um, the fall away against Fulham was a, a surprise, particularly against 10 men. Um, they're trying to experiment with the um, party playing in midfield. Everyone's playing this one of the defenders into midfield. They used Zinchenko in there last year, who's much much better at it, but he's been injured. But they're trying to play party in midfield. So the the the, the game is evolving back to where it was in the 1900s into a 3-2-5 kind of a game. Um, And Arsenal are are trying to evolve as well. Remember of Arsenal have got um, Champions League as well. In their group, they've got Lance, PSV Eindhoven, who beat Rangers, and Sevilla, which will be a a, a severe task. And Man United have got a a Champions League as well. Did I call it AFC Champions League? Champions League (laughs) matches. Coming coming up later. Man United (laughs) have got Bayern Munich, Uh FC Copenhagen and Galatasaray. That's quite quite something. But um, you can see two teams coming out of that. can see two teams coming out of that. So they they won't have an eye on that yet, but um, it will affect things going on later on in the the, the, the month. You can't afford to lose too many games. That's why this is important. The loser of this is already behind um, the rest. If if, if Arsenal drop points again, it is a worry. If Man United drop points, wow, the the, the critics will be out for Ten Hag. But Arsenal against Lons, PSV and Sevilla. So I would say Arsenal are going to win the Europa League this uh, season. Champions League. No, uh, Europa. Europa League. Oh, not, oh, very good. I see what you <laughs> Thank mean. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to get through that. Uh, Man City versus Fulham, Azran. I, I mean, we're running out of things to say about Man City. But have we run out of things to say about Fulham? <laughs> have we even said anything about Fulham? No, I think you said that they were decent, and the fact that uh, in the they they qualified to the next round of the EFL. But back to Man City. Oh, that was quick. Back to Man City. I don't see them dropping any points. Unfortunately, again, Man City, especially at home, uh, with two great signings, uh, that further strengthens their team. So, uh, it's going to be one-way traffic, really. If anybody is to play fantasy Premier League, probably they've got Erling Haaland on triple captain or something like that this weekend. Yeah, because also if you, if you try to play football against Man City, that's that's the worst thing you can do. They nearly came a cropper against Sheffield United. Remember Sheffield United? Yeah. They, but it was remarkable. As soon as they conceded, they just went up three gears. And the goal um, from Rodri, who I think is the standout player of Manchester City, um, he because defensively they are 
impenetrable, almost, almost. Um, they conceded a goal against Sheffield United, of course, but they're fabulous defensively. And then when they want to go forward, he can convert into a, uh, an attacking uh, kind of foil for them. It was a great goal. And Manchester City have got just about everything. But Fulham got a point against Arsenal with 10 men. Um, you, don't, you don't count them out yeah. just yet. I think, I hope, Manchester City don't run away with it because that's dreadful for any any football league. But I mean, in a sense, they run they run away with it for the last several seasons. But it's one other club has been able to sort of keep pace. Correct. But do do we even see one other club being able to keep pace this year? Uh, I don't think it's the other clubs. I think the other clubs will take points off each other. It's who can take points off Manchester City, mm. and that is. That's that's a bit in the what's a hundred and fifty million dollar question these days, isn't it? And it won't be Fulham. So actually, maybe it could be. I don't know. Um, so Man City in the Champions League, they're up against uh, Leipzig, Leipzig, RB Leipzig, Red Star, and Young Boys of Bern. So I mean, that's that's a that's a I think pretty. You would you would imagine so? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Red Star, what a venue! What a venue! Yeah, and what a club back in the day. Indeed. And well, that day was a long time ago. So this is the this is the match that I'm actually looking for to Azran, Liverpool versus Aston Villa. It is exactly the match that I'm looking forward to as well. Uh, How coincidental! Okay, <laughs> but are you though? I are am. You? I am again. Uh, and as well, just to enter into European competitions, the Europa League draw has been set for Liverpool as well. So it's ex- ex- exciting times. Um, what I like about it is Liverpool has been drawn against Union, Union Saint Gilloise. Did I pronounce it correctly? From Belgium, Toulouse from France, and LSK Linz from Austria. So not a lot of travelling, not a lot of miles, mm. which is great. Because I believe at least uh, the the European competition or the Europa League would be good to play all the other the squad the squad rather than the first team all the time. So uh, I would really like the team to focus on the Premier League. Uh, and another point to note is that Alexis McAllister will play against his brother, who's currently playing for Union Saint Gilloise. So oh. that's that's nice to see. Wow. Um, yeah. But back to the game. Liverpool against. Um, Villa. Liverpool really has did, I would say, a fantastic job against Newcastle. Uh, but still, they've, they've conceded one goal every game. So defence is what I'm a bit worried about. But hopefully, uh, it'll be another 3-1 uh, game where Liverpool scores more than the opposition. Until we get our midfield sorted out, which is happening as we speak. I tell you, football fans are just delusional. <laughs> yeah, uh, Des, Aston Villa though. Like Villa. We, we spoke about uh, all, all of us pre-season, both this year and last year, spoke highly about Villa. I think this year, even more organised. And uh, they've done a good piece of business in the transfer market. Uh, Tyrone Mings is out for the season, but they've signed uh, Lengley, uh, who was at Tottenham last year, but now I've signed him from Barcelona. Uh, so they'll, they'll be defensively strong. Um, going forward, they've made some great signings. Diaby looks a, a real live wire. Uh, a, a good team um, and Unai Emery I think is at the perfect size club for him because it, it, he struggled a little bit at Arsenal because of expectation but at Villa he has got firm control of that team they play a, a lovely manner they've responded wonderfully to the 5-1 loss against Newcastle um, this is a real task for Liverpool because there's no yeah. Van Dijk suspended could be even more because of his far mouth to raid and um, no, uh, Ibrahim Kanate. Is he being is is Azran being delusional? Three one. I I don't see that. Uh, I, I I can't see Liverpool um, not scoring three. 
It's whether they can give it down to one at the other end. That's that, right. It's so exciting. It's terrifying watching Liverpool these days. It reminds me a bit of the Galacticos back in the, the day, you know, where you score more than the opposition. They kept on buying great, fantastic midfield and strikers and left the defence to... It's 2-3-5 formation. It's great. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hacking. It's, it's wonderful to watch, but, but terrifying at the same time. But meanwhile, though, Villa, uh, off the back of uh, Europa Conference League victory... Over Hibs, yes. Uh, at 8-0 on aggregate. Indeed. And I don't know what... Maybe that says more about Hibernian. I don't know. But uh, I didn't obviously watch the match. Anybody here? Hands up. Yes. Oh my I, goodness. Yeah. Des. Well, well I, go I, on then. The highlights, because um, I've, right. I've got a soft spot for the high bees, so uh-huh. I'd, I'd like them to do well. But um, they can see that after a couple of minutes, they lost the first leg five 0 and conceded after a couple of minutes. So then it was just a case of uh, trying to give their fabulous fans um, something to, to look forward to. But was that because uh, Hibernian Hibs are bad or Villa was good? Yeah, Hibs aren't great. We I think we've seen the state of Scottish football at the moment. Rangers got. Pumped 5-1 by PSV Eindhoven. Aberdeen lost to Hacken, uh, a Swedish team, a part-time Swedish team. Um, so, yeah, you, Scottish football's not recovered from football being taken out of the education at schools. Football isn't played in the schools in Scotland and there is a consequence 10 is, years, 15 years it? down the line. It's not? It's not part of the curriculum, no. Gosh, OK. There's the consequence. I keep talking about grassroots. That's where it, that's where it all comes from. So if just, there's no just, players developing... Is that just Scotland or is that... Uh, it's in, uh, predominantly Scotland. If there's no players developing, where, where are you going to get the players from? Absolutely. I think they're concentrating on curling and the, the winter sports. Fabulous sport. Yeah. Also, some some of those Scottish players, I'm surprised they actually did go to school uh, from the past. I'm thinking... I'm oh, thinking, my word. No, Canberra Aslan. Who is it I'm thinking of? He had no teeth. Uh, Joe Jordan. Joe Jordan. Yeah, I wouldn't say that to his face. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> don't, don't, don't tell him I said that. What's your, what's your Twitter handle, Cam? I'll, I'll tell Mr. Jordan. Mr. Uh, Mr. Jordan, if you're listening, um, I'm really sorry. Uh, OK, let's move swiftly on. Azran, Burnley versus Tottenham Hotspur. Now, I was hoping for more from Burnley. When I first saw them in the first match they, that they played, they were they lost, but they, they played pretty well. And since then, it hasn't gone well for Burnley. Two, that, lo- two losses. Exactly. As I think when we discussed at the start of the season, out of the three promoted teams, people would think Burnley would be the team that probably would have the chance of staying up. Uh, people were writing off Luton, obviously, and I think that's being proven now, as well as Sheffield United. But Burnley is the team that they thought, OK, especially with decent fixtures. Obviously, they unfortunately, they played Manchester City. So everybody loses against Manchester City, so that, that, let's knock that out. But we would have thought Burnley to be able to, well, get a couple of points on the board. So perhaps this is their chance. However, though, uh, as we mentioned it just now, Angie Ball, Ange Ball, or Angie Ball, or however you want to pronounce it, I think that has sort of revitalised Tottenham. It's a different way of playing, with everybody uh, sharing the goals, with the exception of Richarlison, of course. Well, he scored in the FL Cup and they still lost, so he better not score. <laughs> but back to um, Tottenham, I think they're playing good football. I think there's no more over-reliance on one particular player, which they did with Harry Kane before. So the goal spread out. It's nice to see. I think the players are happy playing. You can see, I think one thing that people talk about NG is he gets the best out of his players and that's what we see at this point of time. So it's a difficult task for Burnley. Um, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, it's another exciting, it's another exciting team, uh, another exciting game to watch yeah. this weekend. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Des, um, Ange, Ange Ball. Ange Ball. As opposed to Angie Dickinson Ball. Um, the, uh, 
It's a real thing. And I mean, I, I my tactical knowledge, I mean, I really try. I struggle so hard when I'm watching a match. It's like, what are these people doing on the pitch? I don't know. But it looks like everybody's involved. Everybody's invited to move move forward, but with cover. Uh, it's an exciting way of playing. Everyone knows what the plan is. I think uh, Giancarlo Galafuco last week um, gave us a, a, a taste of Ange Ball. In mm. that, um, it's very disciplined. It's regimented in some ways in that if the ball's played out to the left, the right back has got to be in a certain position. So you, it, it's almost like American football in that way. And it's regimented like that until you come to the final third and then you let the creative boys do what they do best. But even that is you get the crosses in, you go angled across the six-yard box, a bit like Manchester City. So it's, it's, it's very good. You've got to have really good players, though, to play it. They've got to be good players, intelligent players. And you mentioned earlier they lost to Fulham and the nine reserves weren't quite up to that standard. I'm pretty sure Postacoglu will get them to that standard. Yeah, but if if you know what they're doing, then don't these Premier League managers know what they're doing and then just counter it? Knowing what somebody's doing and being able to stop them if a good player does it, very, very different. Because they're enticing... Let's take that example where somebody got the ball on the left and somebody's on the right-hand side. That means there's space... And if so, there's there's various options. So if somebody goes over to mark the space, that means you've got a one-on-one situation. If you've got Son Hyung Min one-on-one with a defender, that's exactly what he wants. So they're giving themselves options. If if Son can go one-on-one, fabulous, you take him on. If it's not on, you come switch and you 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 switch it around. So it, it's not you will play this way. It's in this circumstance, these are your options. In this circumstance, that is your option, and that's the. Uh, it's a very old-fashioned modern way of playing. Because um, football used to be very regimented. But and and if you've got great players, even if you know what they're doing, like what we knew, what Aaron Robin used to do, yet still he could cut inside yeah. and, and curl it in. And Salah, you know and he's Salah, coming you in. You know he's going to come in. Yeah. yeah. So the best players are able to do that <laughs> upon you. And in the case of Burnley, it's just they're just not good enough. The yeah, players. It looks like it, doesn't it? It does look like it. Uh, I think a classic example of that is uh, James Trafford, who's a terrific goalkeeper, but he made the slightest hesitation for the first goal last week. The slightest hesitation, and they were done. And that difference between being top class in the Championship and coping well in the the Premier League, I I think that summed it up. If they learn, James Trafford's a young goalkeeper who's um, uh, made some great saves, but that one, it's not even a mistake. Inexperience, I would say. He thought that he covered that angle, but then it was dinked nicely. Actually, um, we're going to wrap up in a a moment, but you mentioned goalkeepers, Des. I I really want to just squeeze this one in. We're seeing a lot of new faces as goalkeepers out there. Um, A lot of the old guard have gone, and you're a goalkeeper at the highest level every Sunday. In my dreams. (laughs) What What do you make of what's... Of this new batch of goalkeepers, the ones that you like the look of, and also what are they asked, being asked to do that's different from, you know, back in the day? They're being asked to play as an outfield player. And if if that's what they're being asked to do, then they should be allowed to make mistakes as well because outfield players make more mistakes than goalkeepers. Traditionally, goalkeepers are pick the crosses as they come up, organise the defenders and, and, and make the saves when the shots come in. But it's a, a, a game of percentages. What the managers now are asking... Um, goalkeepers do is to take even more chances which is the antithesis of goalkeeping goalkeeping is all about percentages narrow the angles don't give uh, free shots to the near post if somebody goes far post and scores okay but if somebody beats you near post it's a problem now that's not the case anymore you've seen um, who, who, who was it uh, the, the, the first minute goal against uh, Man United last week Onana um, gambles 
that's not a way a goalkeeper should be playing. It, that, mm. So you're giving and taking. Old school like me, I, I think it'll come back and bite. It's a shot stopper libero sort well, of you, mix. Yeah, kind of sweeper type thing. So I mean, I was running. Any any of these goalkeepers that you've like look up the new ones? Oof. Uh, I mean, Andre Onana looks a decent keeper. Uh, but he hasn't been tested yet. He hasn't been tested yet. Yeah. I mean, based on. What he's done in Ajax as well as Inter, he looks like a decent keeper. Back to the standard of what Eric Ten Hag wants, which is to play with the feet. I can't imagine the old goalkeepers of the past, like Neville Southall playing. No, not a chance. <laughs> Meanwhile, not a chance. Not a chance. Just hoof it up, no? Yeah. So it's a different style of playing. So back to that, let's, it's yet to be seen. Alisson. Yeah. Alisson's save last week was just wonderful. That's been a what a goalkeeper's keeper. there to do. Save the ball. Oh, <laughs> Dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> but everyone's talking about that. Nobody's talking about a twenty-yard pass. Uh, but Ellison can pass, though. He's got he's got great accuracy with his feet. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, enough of goalkeepers. Uh, I'd like I could talk for age, ages about goalkeepers, but we have to stop. And in a moment, we're going to continue uh, to wrap up the English Premier League, and then we're going to talk local football here on Just for Kicks on BFM eighty-nine point nine. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM eighty-nine point nine. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. And we're back with myself and Azran Rosane and Des Corkill. And now, Azran, um, another match that I'm really looking forward to is Brighton versus Newcastle. Brighton all-conquering, well, kind of all-conquering, against um, the richest club in the world, who are not doing very well, but Brighton. What, what's Brighton been doing well? So a couple of things for Brighton. Obviously, they've got drawn in the Europa League and it's a fantastic draw against European ro- loyal- royalty in Ajax Amsterdam, Olympique de Marseille, as well as AK Athens. Well, oh, not really. That's <laughs> really European royalty. But at least all three clubs were at least within the Champions League qualifying and somehow got knocked out. So good, good, really good group for Brighton to play. And of course, the team that they're playing against this weekend as well, arguably the uh, Champions League group of death, mm-hmm. which is Paris Saint-Germain. Borussia Dortmund, AC Milan, and Newcastle. Oh, so, forget it, yeah. excellent for, for I think for both teams, a lot to look to to look out for. I think if I was a fan for either team, it'll, it's going to be exciting games. You look forward to this sort of matches, no? But back to the game between uh, Brighton and uh, Newcastle. Brighton also man- managed to, I think, get a coup in Ansu Fati, even though it's a, it's, it's a loan. Remarkable. It's a loan rather than uh, an option, any option to buy. Probably because Javi is not going, not willing to take the risk on Ansu Fati at this point of time, but. For Roberto De Zerbi, excellent. I mean, he doesn't necessarily have to play Ansu Fati every time, but it's part and parcel of Ansu's development, which t- is great. T- t- for, those, for those listeners who don't know much about Ansu Fati, obviously I know everything about Ansu Fati. Um, who is he and, and what's he good for? Ansu Fati is touted to be the next great thing for Barcelona. Obviously, after Leo Messi, everybody's looking for the Leo Messi. Bojan Kerkic came and left, unfortunately. But Gogat, even though we said that, but Bojan was a decent gentleman. He played for a number of decent clubs, I would imagine, like Milan, Roma. Uh, decent Stoke City, of course, uh, but Ansu Fati uh, at his age now he's what twenty, but uh, he was also, he's touted to be a, a great one. But Barcelona now seems to be able to churn really young players like they've got now Lamin Yamal, who's what sixteen uh, and and has scored in the uh, Premier League already. So back to Ansu Fati, he was 
touted to be the next big one. Unfortunately, he got injured, uh, serious injury last season. So that has a bit hampered his development. And since then, Xavi hasn't played him, given he, him a number he's of a, He's a winger? He's or? a winger. He's, he's a, a winger. really good winger. So they'll have Fati on one side and Matoma on the oh other. Oh my goodness. How good would that be? Yeah. So suddenly, Brighton again have made some great signings because they've replaced Caicedo with uh, Baleba, who is um, a, a, a very similar similar kind of midfielder. So I was worried that they would lose McAllister, lose Caicedo and not be able to replace them. Baleba is, is a very good player. Fati is, is, is a terrific signing. If he stays fit, I think that's why Barcelona maybe let him go out on loan because they're not sure about the fitness. But suddenly, um, I, was, I didn't think Brighton could continue what they've done. I think maybe they can. Maybe yeah. they can. I think that they're becoming the most exciting club out there, really, team. Uh, an interesting club, yes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I'm putting my I've put my night out there. I think they're gonna end up above Chelsea at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, that's I not too so. hard though. I'll we'll get we'll get to them in a I'll, moment. I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bet on that. <laughs> uh quickly though, before we move uh Newcastle, I'm hearing um rumblings that Eddie Howe is uh losing his kind of like his sheen. They lost a game. <laughs> is, is that all it takes? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the richest club in the world. You don't lose games. Uh, that, that is the pressure that they're under, uh, bizarrely. Don't, Newcastle and everyone else aside, it feels like we're in the title running phase at the moment. We're yeah, three we're games f- in. We're three games in. Come on, Des. It <laughs> feels like we're in the title running. So any mistake is being is being jumped upon. Um, Howe's been criticised for the substitutions he made against Liverpool, which allowed uh, Liverpool's substitutions, um, uh, particularly Darwin Nunes, to claw back a remarkable victory for Liverpool. But it, they shouldn't have been really able to get there. He should have had the, the nous to really tie up the game. Um, not give possession away a couple of times like they did um, to allow Liverpool to get out of a out of jail. Newcastle should have beaten Liverpool. Mm. Newcastle should be uh, unbeaten. Um, but um, so one defeat and how is as you say under a little bit of pressure. That means this game at Brighton becomes very very important for him. If they lose, phew, that pressure will become real. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Azran, is there breaking news? Uh... The, the yes, apparently uh, Sofian Amrabat has joined Manchester United okay. on loan. So I think that was a while coming. I think that was one of the signings that Manchester United fans were looking for, especially with the fact that Casemiro doesn't look like how when he started playing for United last season. So they were looking for midfield reinforcements and uh, I think they've got a fantastic one in Sofian Amrabat. I Break. think highly overrated. Bre- uh, <laughs> breaking Highly news over. here. Breaking news here. You only get it here on uh, on uh, Just for Cakes. So let's move on. Azran, the big one, if Bob Holmes was here. Chelsea versus Nottingham Forest. And uh, I mean, you know, it, it should be a formality, but stuttering Chelsea, uh, the strangest club on earth. Uh, Chelsea won their game against Luton. And uh, I think we mentioned about the fact that I think Raheem Sterling has gone yeah. on back to his the Raheem Sterling that we saw in Liverpool and Manchester City. So uh, another, I would say, three points for the taking against Chelsea, especially at the manner of how Forrest lost it against United. 2-0 up after a couple of minutes, and and, and yet they still managed to lose uh, 3-2. They could have come up with a fantastic victory. Um, so it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for Chelsea. And I think if they were to win any games before they meet the big teams... This is one of the one of those games. Mm. And, and Des, Bob's not here, so you can speak your mind. You can speak the truth now about Nottingham Forest. Uh, how is how is it going to be for them? So Forest have thrown away two big opportunities against Arsenal. Remember, they were 2-0 down, came back to 2-1 and were the better team in the latter stages against United. Even though it's a very soft penalty, they've, they've let slip a, an early two-goal lead. 
decent teams don't lose two goal leads, even at Manchester United. United deserve a lot of credit for the uh, the spirit that they showed uh, on, on coming back from from that uh, two goal deficit. Um, Forest, they're likely to lose uh, Brennan Johnson. Um, not quite sure who to. Maybe Chelsea. <laughs> Maybe Tottenham. Tottenham are probably the favoured team to get there. So they could be weakened a little bit. And um, for, But Forrest will be fine. As for Chelsea, they will get it right. They've got too many good players and Pochettino is too good a coach. They will get it right. They will be uh, top six, definitely top four, maybe. Ooh. But they will get it right because they've got too many damn good players. Uh, Asran, are you on board with that? Are you on board with no, that? No, no, I'm still, I'm still tick- sticking my neck down the line. So uh, they're going to be number seven. Yeah, I'm with Asran on that one. I think, I think I, I'm going to make a lot of money there, at the end of the day. You're talking rubbish. <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> okay, let's move on then to um, Luton. Asran Luton, Luton Town, um, who's, I, I'm guessing that their stadium is ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luton Town versus West Ham. Now, West Ham are, what, they're second in, they're second in the league yeah, right now. Yeah, and they're unbeaten at this point of time. And they're playing clever football. Uh, they're tailoring. I, I mean, again, it's just, it's 20 it's odd people running around on a pitch when I watch football. They're doing something right. I think they're playing the same brand of football Absolutely. that we've seen. <laughs> yeah. uh, we, I think that if you saw, uh, people are talking about the evolution of football back from before, but I think they're playing a West Ham. David Moy sort of football that we saw at Everton years before. So they they are solid. They they defend well, and then they use their best players. They they use their speed, whatever they have on the pitch during that time, and they use those outlets to go and carve chances and score a goal. So again, again fantastic start for West Ham. Seven points, unbeaten. How they beat. Brighton and on from Brighton last week is amazing and playing against Luton who I think for most of us would probably bet for Luton being um, the worst record ever in the Premier League beating Derby County's uh, record probably so, Derby County were 12 points? 11 points yeah. 11 points That's, Was that a 14, oh, 14 percent yeah, yeah 11 points yeah, yeah. 11 points mm. 11 to 12 points God yeah, so that's what four wins max with thirty-three <laughs> games to play. That's yeah, thirty-three uh... games. But <laughs> the thing about Luton is, if I am a Luton fan, it's tough to be hopeful to stay in the Premier League. Though there's not enough investments, except for the stadium, of course. At least I don't have to pass my neighbor's house now. But um, yeah, again, I think they are happy to be in the Premier League. Yeah, because that's, that's De- about it. Because Des, it is financially. It's a good thing to get into the Premier League, even if you're thrashed and you're kicked out again. They it? pick up one player's worth of uh, transfer for a whole season. 150 million you'll get for for staying in the Premier League. That for that's TV money. That's that, that's what you that's what you'll make over the year. Right. Um, and so that makes it very lucrative, and that's why you're getting so many outside investors coming in because they're seeing the, the the money for Luton. If they get relegated, and you never know, we'll we'll see how they adapt. If they get relegated, then they've got that 150 plus um, the, the the trampoline money. What is it they call it? The parachute the parachute money, um, and that sets that club up for life. That's a new stadium, which is already in the offing. That is new players. And you look at the top of the championship now and the teams who are there, or Southampton are there, and the teams who went down last year are there. So that, that puts them back up into the, the big league status uh, so long as they're financially astute. So um, I hope they don't get... I hope they're not a dreadful team. They'll, be com- they'll try to be competitive, particularly at home. It's their first home game. So um, West Ham... Uh, you wouldn't want West Ham though there because Moyes will park the bus a little bit and hit you on the break. And Jared Bowden will score one off his backside. But we respect that, don't we? Yes. Hmm? Well, yeah. I mean, that's... It's an identity. It's, yeah. it's not Burnley. It's not the 
ugly Burnley of old, the Sean Dyche Burnley. So I didn't respect that because they didn't try to win games. West Ham tried to win games of football. Right. Okay. Um, oh, 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 I'm being told. Oh, we're running out. Okay. Uh, Palace versus Wolves. Azran. Oof. Okay. So Wolves have got to pick up because, again, they played really well in their first game against United. Uh, so it's it's a tough one. I think it's a nail-biter uh, between Palace and Wolves. Both teams who are probably going to end up mid-table come end of the season. So... Um, yeah, I would say a draw, say? probably. That's it. A what, draw. What can you say? And also, what can you say about Brentford and Bournemouth? So, therefore, we're going to come back in a moment and we're going to talk about uh, a very important one before we get on to the Malaysian game here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. More football when we come back. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9. Welcome back with myself and Des and Azran. And I'm not sure if you heard me do a false start there. Uh, speaking of false starts, Des Corkill, I want to talk about, I really want to ask you, Sheffield United versus Everton. And it's, it's, it's a bad start, for, well, for both clubs, really. But I want to ask you about Everton. Everton, would it be best for them if they just got relegated and... Sort themselves out. Everton can't afford to get relegated. If they get relegated, there's a 150 million loan that they must pay back instantly. They haven't got that kind of money. Um, if Everton get relegated, there's a real danger they will go down, even with parachute payments, that they will go down the leagues. It's Their financial position is that precarious. Bramley Moore is being built, but it's costing a lot of money. They need more investment for that. It's a beautiful stadium. Having given that doom... Everton beat Doncaster in the week. Well, it's only Doncaster. The, the lowest but, club in the football league. But it was the manner in which a, a, a striker, a new signing called Beto, came mm. in. And he's instantly got cult, fa- uh, cult status at, at Goodison. Big six foot four striker. People are saying he looks like, he, he doesn't look like, but he plays like Duncan Ferguson. Oh. He's the size of Duncan Ferguson. Uh, he scored a goal with his head and he was a focal point for the team. We've been talking about Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, being a focal point for Everton, but he's never, never fit enough. Uh, Mope was tried up front. Mope playing alongside Beto. Suddenly it looked like Mope knew what he was doing. And Beto, and suddenly, instead of Everton realising that if they concede a goal, they'll lose, like they did against Wolves, suddenly I think they've got an outlet. And Beto, he's, he's, he's an unremarkable player, but he's just perfect for a Sean Dyche team. Just perfect. Mm. He's like Chris Wood at, at, at Forest. He'll he'll be the, the totem pole up front who can, if he can get the ball to stick and bring players around him, he could be their survival. But if it doesn't work and Everton can can, can uh, carry on losing um, games, that's three in a row without a goal scored, which has never happened at all in Everton's uh, history. If, um, if they can't score goals, then they are doomed and it could be a precipitous fall. Yeah, I truly hope for Everton fans that Beto turns out more like the Brazilian Bebeto rather than the Manchester United baby. So mm. hopefully it's a Beto. Yeah, mm. so Azran, therefore, uh, against Sheffield United, this is a six-pointer. Yes. Um, for both sides, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, how do you see this one going? Yeah, I think it's a must-win game for Everton. At least the, a game that they have to control. Uh, not concede and try to score a goal. <laughs> that's a win, right? That's, that's pretty football. That's, 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 exactly. that's the whole purpose but, of football. But the thing about Everton is <laughs> because they haven't scored at all and they've yes. conceded. So yeah. it's just somehow they've got to, okay, maybe choose one. <laughs> at least score. Perhaps they need to score a goal. Mm. Uh, and again, I, I did see the highlights of uh, the EFL uh, ra- 
EFL game against Doncaster. Beto looked pretty solid, and I agree with Des. He looks like an outlet in a typical Sean Dyche fashion, so an outlet for a big man. Well, Duncan Ferguson's still one of my favourite players. Uh, most headers of all time in the Premier League, I think. I'd just give him any record he wants. Anything. <laughs> most headers and most, most headbats. So, yeah. between the two. Sheffield United, anyone? Anyone? Des? Mm, they'll battle. Uh, defensively, they're, they're relatively strong. Um, uh, I can't see where their goals are coming from. If Ollie McBurney is your most creative outlet, that, that, that that's not going to cut it in the in the top flight. And morale-wise, they got knocked out as well in the FL Cup against uh, Lincoln. Yeah, and I think the defeat against Man City, having worked so hard, to actually nearly get a point and then instantly find themselves uh, knocked back to a 2-1 defeat. That might hurt them as well. Little things like that really do hurt you. So we're talking about a league where there's Manchester City and then there are about six clubs who are all kind of much of a muchness and then... Um, Another seven, eight who in the middle. Are all pretty not so... No, Non-ambitious. So their, their yeah. season is 40 points. That's their target. That's their Champions League. I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it the, the, the next uh, six down from Manchester City much of a muchness. I call them very, very no, good what teams. I mean, what I mean, but not, what, I mean, what I mean is that there's not much to call not between much to them. Between yeah. them. Okay. Not much to choose. Uh, I think they're all pretty good. Yes. Yep. And I, I think that that block is probably the strongest that, that, that's ever, I've ever seen in the Premier League. Strongest in Europe, for sure. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a fascinating... <laughs> and then you've got four or five dreadful yeah. teams. Then, then four or five dreadful teams. Uh, it reminds a bit, remember that we had in the Serie A, once upon a time, the seven sisters, they call it, the mm. seven big clubs. Mm. Well, little did we know that a lot of corruption happened mm. behind the scenes, but mm. they had the seven big clubs once upon a time, all those years ago. So this is similar to that, but in a much, much greater fashion. This seven clubs, I think, can compete for the top European titles any day. Mm. So we are talking about the Saudi... Pro League, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, forget, of course. I forget. I'll <laughs> Okay, so now we got we got time now for a, quite a bit of local football because there's a lot there's a lot to be talked about. Des, right? Domestic league. Firstly, I mean the Johor Darrell Taksim. It's a, it's old news now, but yeah. they lost their perfect record in a pulsating match against Kedah. We actually previewed it uh, the previous Friday uh, on this show, thinking Kedah would give them a game. Gosh, they gave them a game. Injury time equaliser after Johor had come from 2-0 down to lead 3-2. Just everything possibly good about Kedah, about Malaysian football, about the atmosphere. It was great. So so Johor still haven't won the league because Salango keep winning. And um, But Johor will win the league. It's just when. They've got to wait quite a while because... Malaysia Cup is coming up next and Johor in the quarterfinals where they take on uh, Negri Sembilan. Um, they've also got AFC Champions League coming up where they're in a group with Kawasaki Frontale, um, Ulsan Hyundai, both of whom they played in the group last year, and Patum United from Bangkok, uh, from, from Thailand. Are, th- are these a... Top teams in their leagues? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Kawasaki are, are, are up at the top in Japan. Ulsan are top three, top yeah, four, right. I think, at the moment. And Patam United, well, there's Buriram and then uh, Buriram are the Manchester City of Thailand and then Patam United are in that next little group of teams. So there's an awful lot going on domestically, but Johor are the team. The real interesting one for me is if Salango are able to push on towards the end of the season um, because they're chasing an AFC uh, Cup place, Second gets a guaranteed AFC Cup place, and Slango are in, are in a, a strong position for that. They're in the quarterfinals of the Malaysia Cup as well. So there's there's a lot of football still mm. to go, but we're on a bit of a hiatus now 
because, as I'm sure Ajahn will tell you, the national team have got um, a number of games coming up, building up towards the Asia Cup in January next year, and they've got two tough matches this week. Yep, uh, they're playing Syria uh, on Wednesday, 6th of September, as well as China. So two good matches again. Normally, and another good news is that the Pista Bola Merdeka, the Merdeka tournament is back. I think the official launch was at Aon Big yesterday, which is excellent. Normally, I mean, as a kid, I used to watch out for this uh, Pista Bola Merdeka because it was when we got really good European teams. I mean, I remember a team called... Reds, White Swan, I think that was in 1989 from Austria or something. I thought they were the champions of Europe of some sort. <laughs> what did I know, right? But back to the uh, Medeca tournament, it's back, but uh, it's been postponed slightly. It's going to be played in October. So it's uh, four teams are going to participate in that. So Malaysia, it's a semi-final sort of format where Malaysia will play against uh, India. Uh, in the in the semi-finals, and then the winner of that will take on the winners of Palestine again or Tajikistan. 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 Live on Astro Arena. English commentary on the English option. And who's giving the English commentary, Des? Hopefully me. (laughs) (laughs) And... uh I want to I want to jump on ahead. Actually, uh, speaking of the international game, uh, Malaysia versus Saudi Arabia. This is not until January. That could get. That could be. so this is a prelude, yes, <laughs> this, is a, this is a prelude to the Asia Cup. So the Asia Cup's taking place in Doha. Malaysia have got, as well as the the, the, um, uh, the Merdeka Cup and the uh, friendlies this week, they've got World Cup qualifiers against Kyrgyzstan and Chinese Taipei. Um, then they've got these friendlies in Doha uh, against Saudi Arabia and Oman before they play in the actual group. So they're is that all a, in Is Doha. that a mini, a kind of mini-friendly competition? Is it? No, it, it's kind of warm-up games for the Asia Cup. Right. <laughs> the Asia Cup, Malaysia in a group with Jordan, Bahrain and Korea, where the top two go through. I think I think this is a really nice set of fixtures being put together. So, again, okay, sorry, Jordan, Bahrain and, and South Korea. South, well, that's pretty tough. Yeah. So, Jordan, winnable. Yeah. Bahrain, absolutely yeah. winnable. South and it, Korea. And it's two. It's two. Yeah, two yeah. two go through. So a place in the knockout phase is is I really think a, a possibility for uh, Kim Pang On teams and and the squad he's put together is very good. And Arif Ayman is a top top player. Look on look on the highlights. His goal against Kedah. It's look on his highlights for a lot of goals. Salango this year. Top top player. Um, Malaysia can score goals defensively. They've got a bit of strength. Paolo Jazue from KL City comes in, adds a little bit of craft in midfield. Defensively, they're they're, they're decent and strong. Matty Davis and um, uh, and Co are very strong defensively. Shehan's a very good goalkeeper. Oh, well, well then, Azran, can I ask you? I mean, you've been watching Malaysia for a very long time, <laughs> and Des is really talking about Malaysia. How, how are you feeling about? Oof, uh... I mean, we haven't qualified for the Asian Cup in a while, so we're happy to be there. We're one of those participants, happy participants. But as Des put it, uh, I think we can compete. Uh, the likes of let's see the game against Jordan. If we can get a good showing at least there a point or even a win uh, that they'll put us in good stead because the good thing is we're playing Korea last so by then hopefully Korea would have qualified and mm. they would probably put their second string squad in case we need to draw for example so it's a nice sort of draw that's happened from Malaysia, uh, from Malaysia at this point of time and really Kim Pangon hats off to him I like the players that he selected uh, it's uh, different uh, and um, man good things to come from Malaysia looking forward to go to Qatar Absolutely. Yeah, 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 I'll be there. I'll be there. Luckily, I'm commentating. Hopefully. Kyrgyzstan? No, no, that's that's in Doha. So, no, Kyrgyzstan is here. That's in a World Cup, Asia Cup qualifier. So that's again. But it's a really good sequence of fixtures that I think just build Malaysia up 
Um, so they had some easy fixtures, the 10-0 against Solomon Islands recently. But th So now they're saying, OK, Syria and China, they're tough asks. Then you've got the Merdeka Cup. They're, they're good games. Then you've got the competitiveness of the Asia Cup, World Cup qualifiers. Then Saudi and Oman, and, you know, it's building up very nicely. Well, OK. Well, uh, you got me all excited now on this. And the Johor players have played in the AFC Champions League, so they'll be battle-hardened. Right. Mate, mate this, is, this is worth your while going to a Malaysia game, you know. OK, well, it, it's all coming at the Madeka weekend, so uh, jolly good. Excellent. OK, well, thank you very much. And, uh, well, that brings us to the end. And so thank you very much to Azran Rosane. It's a pleasure. Hopefully, Salah stays. That's the final word. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any more breaking news coming? I, I, I'm just As checking in. I haven't seen anything. No. But it could be 150 million. Yeah, apparently Liverpool has rejected the, that bid. And it's an official bid that has been rejected. So. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. <laughs> okay. And uh, thank you, Des Corkill. Uh, lots to talk about and I'm glad you're excited about Malaysia you still haven't been to Malaysia Super League game yet though hey, uh, moving along and thank you to <laughs> our producer Hanif Faharudin I'm going to go with Azran he's going to take me to KL City first and then let's uh, go for a game just Des a, is there as well it, often it's way past my bedtime that's the only thing so uh, speaking of which it is now way past my bedtime and I'd like to say see you next time here on Just for Kicks on BFM 89.9 2022. For more football, tune in Mondays and Fridays at 8 p.m. Just for kicks on BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.